and welcome to the Destinate NZ Show. I'm Michelle Caldwell and today we're talking to Air New Zealand. Welcome back listeners, it's great to have you join us for another episode of Trends Talk. Well actually today it's not really all about trends but it is about one of the major partners of trends. We are talking with Air New Zealand and very privileged to be joined today by two of their international general managers. We have Ben Evers Swindell from the Americas and we have Jonathan Zhang from Asia. So really great to have a chat with them and hear all about what's happening in their regions. We talk about what the demand's looking like, from the buyers in their markets we get an update from them on their capacity and network updates which is quite interesting i think you'll enjoy that and we'll just have a chat about what the general demand and booking patterns are looking like at the moment so enjoy this episode it's some great insight leading into the christmas holidays and summer period once again a big thank you to air new zealand for being a major partner of trends and being one of the main ways and definitely the best way for all of our buyers to get here to New Zealand to see us. So enjoy the episode, everybody. Don't forget to follow us on our socials, Destinate NZ or Destinate underscore NZ on Instagram. Come over and say hi. Anyway, enjoy the episode. We'll chat to you soon. So today we welcome one of the major partners of Trends, Air New Zealand, and I'm very honoured to be joined by a couple of the international general managers to discuss their regions. We welcome Ben Evers-Swindell, the general manager of the Americas. Kia ora, Ben. Kia ora, Michelle. Great to be here. Thank you. And we also have Jonathan Zhang, the general manager of Asia, with us today. Kia ora, Jonathan. Kia ora, Michelle. Nice to see you. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Now, obviously, Air New Zealand is a major partner of Trends, so we're very excited that we actually get together face-to-face for the first time in what seems like a very long time in May next year in Ōtutahi Christchurch. So let's kick off, Ben, first. What's the level of interest from the trade in attending Trends from your region? Uh, it's still like everything at the moment, Michelle. Everything's at the 11th hour. So given the, the time frame that we've got at this point in time, it's too early to tell. Yeah. Uh, however, there's a significant amount of interest in New Zealand. Mm. So we're optimistic with ourselves and United Airlines that we will get strong representation out of North America, so United States and Canada. Mm-hmm. That's great to hear. And are you suffering the same issues in North America, like we are down here trying to start back up and finding staff. Is that one of the issues that people are having? We've kind of gone from zero to 100 overnight. Uh, yeah, I think that's a, a global issue, Michelle, across the board. And yeah, we're certainly not immune here in North America. We've been, because we reduced our Air New Zealand team in North America. So we're restarting along with every other airline, hotels, industries widespread. From a North America perspective, though, is there was they had a bit of a head start here. So things are really starting to normalise. Domestic air travels starting to improve and availability, continuity and reliability of that schedule is now kicking into place. It's not making the media headlines anymore. And yep. no doubt 
I guess in the South Pacific region, we'll start to see similar improvements. Yeah, good to hear. And what about you, Jonathan? What are your buyers saying about trends? Are we going to see a lot of Asian buyers head down in May? Yes, exactly. You know that I'm really covering that the entire Asia except mm -hmm. Japan. So actually, you know that so you see a huge diversity from different markets. Yeah. Probably I'll start with China. Okay. So, you know, China is still very much in a situation of locking down or mm -hmm. very much, you know, isolated from the other part of the world. However, having said that, the trade partners, they haven't been away from China for the last two and a half years or close to three years. Mm -hmm. So many of them express a huge interest to attend to trends anytime soon. So mm -hmm. I was joking with them. If trends will take place tomorrow, they will fly with us today. So to attend gens. Actually, this is exactly true. So we have been receiving overwhelming, you know, that reply or feedback from many of our key partners. They would like to, definitely would like to join us for the trends next May in Christchurch. And also, I also would like to see a talk about the other markets like Hong Kong, Taiwan, Korea, in particular Singapore. All mm -hmm. those markets already restarted or partially restarted we have done some familiar trip for some markets. Actually, also the feedback we have been receiving was also very, very positive. And they also expressed, even they had their familiar trip down to New Zealand, but they still would like to come to Trans to see more that the sellers and the partners in New Zealand face-to-face. -face. Okay, yeah. so I would say that the great interest from this part of the world. Yeah, oh, that's very exciting. And have you seen many changes in the distribution channel in your market, Ben? Yeah, so probably the most notable change is pre-COVID, we had a greater distribution indirect, so through agencies. And mm -hmm. then as markets opened up, there was a quite a significant increase in online and direct. Okay. However, what we're starting to see is as markets open up, as the agencies resource, get back on track themselves, we're starting to see that shift back. It's not quite back to where it was pre-COVID. So at the moment, we've got about a 50-50 split. The split mm -hmm. used to be a lot higher than that. But as that confidence grows and as tourism from a North America perspective and availability in New Zealand as well, we expect mm -hmm. to see that continue to increase back to pre-COVID levels through travel agencies. Yeah, okay, that's interesting. That's probably not what I expected, actually, because I thought we had the discussion through COVID with a lot of the people who got caught out when borders all started to close, and obviously there was that value in the travel distribution chain. But is that being driven by, I guess, an increase in VFR traffic at the moment? because obviously they're generally the first to travel. Yeah, uh, Michelle, that's a sound assumption there. Is mm -hmm. And that's we don't know 100% because we don't have a complete understanding of exactly who's booking. Yep. However, the, our hard assumptions are generally that a lot of the online and I guess the disproportionate split compared to what it used to be, it's typically the people that are booking earlier or still booking at the moment and especially as... New Zealand open up, they're people who have closer and stronger ties with New Zealand. So BFR business owners and operators who are quite familiar with New Zealand. So they're more comfortable, I guess, mm. booking direct with the airline. And then yep. as confidence is growing, there was a really big focus. Europe had a head start here 
from a North America region whilst New Zealand was still closed. So mm -hmm. everyone's had that focus on Europe and then there's a lot of anticipation that there'll be a lot more focus on New Zealand and that South Pacific region coming into 2023, 2024, which is really positive. Mm. Yeah, no, that's good. And Jonathan, what about in Asia? And I know Asia's a very big and diverse market, as you say, but what changes have you seen in the travel distribution there? Have there been similar trends to what Ben's seen in North America? Yes, I would like to start with the, some markets already started, for example, like Singapore, Taiwan, and Korea. So the interesting thing for those markets is during the pandemic, Many governments, okay, especially like Singapore, Taiwan, and Korea, the government would like to retain a lot of good people to working for those industry. So that's why many companies still manage to keep all their staff. So now with the restart, I didn't really see a significant switch or change mm -hmm. in terms of the distribution for those markets. Of course, those markets can be relatively smaller compared to the core markets like China, USA, and Australia. Mm -hmm. However, for China, it's still a big unknown. I have been chatting with Tourism New Zealand and many of the industry, you know, that's leaders. So it's still too early to jump to the conclusion. But what I have been seeing here is some state-owned company, they are also still managed to keep many of their staff. However, for the private-owned company, so they are trying to looking for some new options or new way of working. So I will say, you know, that the fundamental is still there, but of course it may take some time to recover for mm. China market. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And what about the Air New Zealand network and what's capacity looking like out of Asia at the moment? Where does that sit in comparison to pre-COVID levels? Of course, we are still a little bit behind what we have been doing for USA. Of course, we are catching up. So probably I start with the most promising one, Singapore. So at this point in time, we are flying daily services from Singapore to Auckland. And in addition to that, our JV partner, Singapore Airline, they have been operating 11 times from Auckland to Singapore, as well as another daily flight from Christchurch to Singapore. Mm -hmm. All the flights has been doing very, very well. And the plan from next April and onwards in New Zealand would like to increase the frequencies to double daily from Singapore to Auckland. And this was very much in line with the capacity we had that in 2019 before the COVID. Mm. And a similar story for Korea and uh, Taiwan. So Korea, we will be flying four times a week during the peak. And mm. uh, Taiwan, we also just increased to three times a week recently. Hong Kong was another one. Hong Kong, we would like to fly as many as we can. At this point in time, we fly five times during December and January, and the plan is to increase to daily, which is a similar capacity compared to 2019. Lastly, China, because, you know, China had a lot of restrictions. So during the COVID, we were only allowed to fly maximum two times a week. However, I just want to share with you, now we have been working together with a few key partners and trying to increase our capacity to a few more. Mm -hmm. in due course of course yeah. i'm not in the position to announce now but yeah. definitely that some good news will be out very very yeah. soon cool keeping that door open hey yeah 
Yeah, that's really good. And when you talk about those Singapore flights, because that sounds like a lot of people, what's the split between people who are coming through from Europe and jumping on the Air New Zealand connection through Singapore versus coming out of Singapore down to New Zealand? Do you know that? Okay, so yes, you know, our Singapore is really as a hub for Air New Zealand towards this part of the world. Yeah. Okay. It's really hard to, to tell that how many passengers come from one particular area. I just give you some uh, rough number. I think uh, close to 40 to 50% of the customer are yeah. from that part of the world. And the rest of them are from Singapore and the rest of the Asia markets, in particular, India. India is another big sourcing right. market yep. for Air yep. New Zealand yep. goes through via Singapore. Mm, yep. But having said all that, one interesting one, you have been noticed, Singapore is a very, very small market. It's only having 5 million people, right? And compared to the other markets, it's tiny. Yeah. However, according to the number which I received from Tourism New Zealand and Immigration New Zealand, that in terms of the visit arrival, Singapore ranked world number three for New Zealand. That has yeah. been an amazing result. And I also have been seeing that more and we have a much higher local joiners from Singapore market. And we're talking about the group business or the GIT business, we call it. Okay, mm. traditionally, Singapore is very much FIT oriented. FIT has been still very, very strong. However, recently, we have been seeing a lot more group business mm. out of Singapore. They would like to travel together, come to New Zealand. And our group utilizations and group bookings has been a lot more than pre-COVID level for that small market. Yeah, well, that's great. Yeah. yeah, awesome to hear. And Ben, you've probably had one of the most exciting launches, I think, in recent history with Air New Zealand with the direct flight going into New York. What's the North American market looking like in terms of capacity? What's the feedback been and all of that? Yeah, I mean, all are very positive. Is We look at North America as the, the North Star, the Polaris, uh, from an Air New Zealand perspective, and it is a key part of Air New Zealand strategy and very good for New Zealand in general. So to that point, we're back flying to all the ports or flying from those ports into New Zealand that we were pre-COVID. And we also now have the addition of the New York JFK nonstop into Auckland and feedback demand has been incredibly positive. So heading into December, we're back up to 85% for the United States of mm -hmm. pre-COVID capacity, which is awesome. quite an achievement. And then out of actually Canada, we're 125% of pre-COVID capacity. We're actually flying uh, more frequency out of Vancouver than we wow. did pre-COVID. And the demand certainly meeting the capacity that we've put in there. And then the really a lot of positive and everything that we we're hoping for, plus more in terms of that response out of the east coast of the US, because mm. we already had, we were flying out of Chicago, so a lot of success and demand out of Chicago, and then a lot of east coast traffic coming by Houston historically, mm -hmm. so that's been very successful for us as well. And now we've got New York, it's not, it doesn't appear to be taking away from Chicago and mm -hmm. or Houston, we're actually just opening up a lot more of what we'd call that point-to-point -point demand from that New York region in the surroundings JFK. It's very much a point-to-point -point market yeah. and very high net worth uh, individuals coming out of that region, which is going to be very promising over the longer term for New Zealand operators. Mm. 
Yeah, that's that's really cool. And spoken to a few of the high-end luxury inbound operators as well, and they're certainly reporting that and saying that. So, yeah, great to hear that from you. So in terms of looking ahead, and I mean, there's so many forecasts that have been released by different organisations and industry bodies at the moment. How long do you think it will be before we get back to, I mean, obviously, Vancouver's overperforming, but what are you seeing out of North America for it to get back to pre-COVID? So we're by northern summer, so coming into halfway through the calendar year of next year, we're expect we'll our anticipation is we'll be back to full capacity, so 100% of pre-COVID. And it's actually the trends at the moment are very different to what we were seeing pre-COVID. So mm. it's still that whole crystal ball is hard to say. However, the signs are extremely positive, but the demand's very short lead time, a lot shorter lead than we've experienced in the past. Mm-hmm. So we could have quite a fair bit of availability three months out. And historically, that would have been quite concerning for us. And mm. month on month, it's proving to not be a concern whatsoever. And the demand is continuing to deliver. And the feedback out there is is a lot of our key partners, the key agencies here booking into New Zealand, just month on month, it's continuing to grow. Demand is increasing. And the only issue... The only downside is their concern is just that capacity in New Zealand to accommodate the demand. Yeah. So for what we're seeing, demand's very positive. So from an operator perspective in New Zealand, it's looking very positive. And then it's just a case of does New Zealand have the capacity to match our seating capacity that we're growing into to then capture that demand here out of North America? Yes, that's a big topic of discussion down here. And I guess it's one of those things that you can never get perfect with so many airlines coming into the country and particularly with those later lead times as well, because obviously the earlier people book their holidays, the better it is for all of us for planning and knowing what's coming, whereas that last minute stuff is a little bit more challenging. Is there any insight into what might be driving that shorter lead time booking? I think fundamentally is people's behaviours changed and we talk about it a lot with partners, with Sarah and the team here. At Tourism New Zealand, people are spending proportionately a lot more of their income on travel and that's moved higher up in the rankings in terms of what they're prepared to spend and people seemingly are a lot more impulsive. I don't know exactly what it is, but we're just seeing it everywhere. The other key component from a North America perspective is the whole work behaviours are changing, is expectations of workers, flexibility at work, people Mm -hmm. that hold leisure. Because North Americans typically have only had the two weeks annual leave, so Mm -hmm. it made those longer haul destinations a little bit more challenging. But now that people can work remotely, People are mixing a bit of pleasure, so it opens up those longer-haul markets. So we're now tapping into a whole new market where people are happy to spend more. People seem to have a little bit more time. There's this whole trend towards four-day working weeks. That Mm. then enables people a little bit more flexibility and time for travel and living life. And I think that's just where people are at. Yeah, it's interesting you saying that because I was just thinking through my own personal 
travel stories over the last couple of years and obviously if you can't tell I'm Australian but I've changed my booking behavior even heading across the ditch because it's been a lot shorter lead time but I have stayed a lot longer when I've gone so whereas in the past I used to go for just a long weekend now I'm going for two or three weeks at a time and there's a little bit of cost involved in that because the flights are a little bit pricier than what they used to be but yeah it's just you sort of think well I want that time yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think because you've pulled it off, you've managed it, and I guess the world didn't end because you had a longer trip, you think, yeah. okay, well, I'll do that again next year. Yeah, yeah. And you can work remotely. It's really easy. We've all taught ourselves to work remotely now and not being able to head into offices. What about you, Jonathan? What are you seeing in terms of demand and what other destinations are we competing with? What are the hot destinations? Oh. Actually, New Zealand is competing with every single long-haul market, long-haul destinations. Okay, so I was in Singapore not too long ago. I attended a big travel fair called Natas. Mm -hmm. Okay, so basically all the tourism board was, you know, having their booths and trying to showcase and promote their destinations. Of course, New Zealand was another one. But interestingly enough, so basically, you know, that every single market now is very, very eager to welcome that Asian travelers back to the destination. So I will say that post-COVID, the competition, destination competition can be still very, very competitive and even more intensive, I have to say. So that's why I very much respect and will give a salute to tourism, the work Tourism New Zealand has been doing to keeping investing that a lot of marketing activities, you know, brand activities in offline markets, offshore markets, even that border was remain closed for some markets, especially like China, Hong Kong, or even Japan previously. So that's important. So I also would like to echo what has Ben has been sharing just now regarding that the readiness or the infrastructure readiness for New Zealand once you know tourists come back to New Zealand. As I mentioned earlier, that by March next year, other than China, the other markets in terms of the capacity will be very much restored to the pre-COVID level. Mm -hmm. So from Air New Zealand perspective, we are able to carry as many customers as possible and bring them back to New Zealand. And the difference between the customer mix now and for the next year was now, as in what you rightfully mentioned, that now was very much driven by the VFR traffic. So VFR really would like to see their families, friends, because they haven't seen them for the last two and three years. However, that the backlog can be cleared within next couple of months. And after that, I will be very much expecting the tourists can travel with Air New Zealand and come to New Zealand for holidays. So that's why, so once more tourists come to New Zealand, they really need accommodations. However, VFR, they don't need it, right? Yeah. They stay mm -hmm. their own home or friends' home. So that's why that so we really need to have that the match between the accommodations or the uh, readiness from the lens compared to the airline capacity we have been putting in. So this will be very, very critical. And the feedback we have been received from our travel partners, especially for those who recently paid their trip down to New Zealand, was they are a little bit concerned, worried about that not only the price, that price can be secondary important, we know that many markets increase their price too. However, yeah. the overall capacity. Mm -hmm. Ben, in terms of demand out of the Americas for Australia, because obviously you can come 
via New Zealand and with Air New Zealand into Australia. What's that looking like at the moment? How are we holding up against our cousins? Yeah, so from an Air New Zealand perspective is because, as you've noticed, the demand on the Tasman is so high that mm. we're actually not focusing much on promoting that through traffic through to Australia. And because we do a lot of work in the past around dual destination promotions, so as a bit of a unique selling point, spend some time in New Zealand and then over across the ditch into Australia. And we just haven't done any of that. And mm -hmm. no doubt with our capacity, especially as it opens up on the Tasman, we will look to be promoting that, but we have been more focused on point to point. And as a result of where we're focusing and where we're pricing, we're not seeing as much traffic as we have in the past. But online, we are seeing there's still a lot of interest. Have you still got many planes parked in the desert over there or have they all been brought out? Okay, so we've still got, oh, it's either two or three. I need to double check. So out at Victorville, not too far from LA here. Mm -hmm. But yes, we are still what we call reanimating those aircraft. Mm -hmm. And I think there might, there's two or three still left for us to bring back into service. Mm -hmm. And that's what will get us back to that full capacity, those 777-300s that service, quite heavily service our Los Angeles, San Francisco sectors. So mm -hmm. looking forward to getting those back. Absolutely. And I guess there's been a lot of discussion around the cost of airfares and it's not unique to your airline. It's a worldwide thing. Do you see some point in the future that they might return to some kind of, well, what's normal, but a little bit more competitive pricing in terms of what we were used to pre-COVID or is are we stuck with what we've got now? <laughs> what are you forecasting? Yeah, I'll start on this one. And Jonathan, if you've got anything else to add, jump in. It's a capacity play, Michelle. So mm -hmm. it's supply and demand. So we need to factor in inflationary impact on that. So, But if you take away inflation that no doubt in due course, as capacity increases and gets back to pre-COVID levels, I dare say that the fares will come down, not back to pre-COVID levels because yeah. there's a lot of factors. I mean, that was how many years ago? So if you factor yeah. in CPI, inflation and the like, so I wouldn't expect them to get back to that, but who knows? Depends how competitive it gets. Mm -hmm. And then, and it, I mean, it's positive as well that the oil price is now starting to come back, but again, it's incredibly volatile at the moment, so that can change at a moment's notice. And the other factor as well is aircraft availability that might negatively impact is the manufacturer's ability. Mm. There's quite significant delays out of Airbus and Boeing, the, the major manufacturers in particular for the longer haul markets, mm. and that will definitely have an impact in time. It will limit the ability for many carriers to get to the capacity or growth there. And where supplies limited is fares will go up. And the other element as well is it's a scale component for airlines so we operate more profitably where we've got more capacity more mm. aircraft flying more passengers on board because we've got a lot of our fixed overheads yeah so as we increase capacity we can then afford to reduce to bring our fares back mm. anything else to add there jonathan yes likewise you know that to me that the price is a pure reflection of the supply and the demand Yep. Okay, like what I aforementioned, that the demand has been very, very strong lately. 
because basically everyone, every single one would like to travel, not only the VFR, but we also have been seeing the business travelers would mm. like to pay a trip, you know, to see their business partners. Okay. And in addition to that, especially from this part of the world, a lot of students would like to come back to New Zealand to study. Mm -hmm. So basically, everybody wants to travel. However, from the supply perspective, actually, you're number one, we don't really have the full capacity at this point in time, meaning lesser capacity compared to what we had pre-COVID. And in addition to that, there were still some restrictions. Take China, for example, we have the, the capacity cap mandated by government. Mm. So that's why you can see that it's an imbalance between supply and the demand. And also, we also wouldn't rule out that the impact from the fuel price. Mm -hmm. So now the fuel price is a couple of times higher than pre-COVID level. In addition to that, the labor cost also has been <laughs> jacked up over the last two and three years. Mm -hmm. So I don't know where and how that the price can went back to can go back to the pre-COVID level, but it's really a market decision, not airline decision. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, very good. And look, I know we're still six months away from trends, but can we expect any big Air New Zealand announcements at trends? Can you give me a scoop? <laughs> I've got nothing. Sorry, Michelle. Oh, okay. I don't know about you, Jonathan. You've got six yeah, months no, to work no, on it. Yeah, so the best person to answer this will be our big boss, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, perfect. Oh, well, look, thank you so much for joining me today on this episode. It's been great to have an Air New Zealand catch up and great to hear what's happening in your regions. And obviously a big thank you for supporting Trends because we love Trends. We love to get together with our partners offshore and obviously the best way to get here is with Air New Zealand. So thank you, Ben. Thank you, Jonathan. And we look forward to catching up in Christchurch next year. Thanks, Michelle. Looking forward to it. Yeah, I look forward to it too. Thank you. Thank you, Dave.